think Elon Musk is rich? You think Trump is rich? You think gay is crazy? You think Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, you think these guys are rich? Not really. You ever see somebody who's really rich? Look at King Solomon. Solomon was, without a doubt, the richest man who ever lived. He was world-renowned for his wealth. In fact, his 40-year reign was considered the golden age of ancient Israel. Look at verse 10, 21. It says this, All King Solomon's drinking vessels were gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Look at this. Not one was silver, for this was accounted as nothing in the days of Solomon. Silver? Ooh, gross. Get that whole cheap stuff out of here. Bring me the pure gold. That dude was rich. <laughs> He was richer than the richest man alive today by a factor of ten. It is mind-blowing how wealthy this guy was. And it was estimated King Solomon was alive today, and he had the same wealth now that he had back then. His net worth would be over $2 trillion. He was very, very super ultra-mega-rich. He was what some would call stupid-rich. <laughs> But he was not a stupid man. But his real wealth wasn't measured in silver or gold or just gold. His real wealth was the wisdom he was given by God. We see a key moment in the life of Solomon when he was just 20 years old and he was the newly crowned king of Israel. First Kings chapter 3. The Bible says this, that one night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. And God said, what do you want? Ask, and I'll give it to you. Solomon replied, You showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you continue to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord my God, you have made me king instead of my father David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, nations so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? So God said, ask me anything you want and I'll give it to you. And this is what he asked for. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. So God replied, because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, that's what I'll probably ask for, I'll give you what you've asked for and I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I'll give you long life. In ancient times, Solomon was known around the world for his wealth, but we know him today for his wisdom. And what's fascinating is that to this very day, we have some of the writings of this wisest 
because he is in fact the author of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes in the Bible. And today, we're going to learn a few things from King Solomon, okay? We're going to plunder some of his riches and wisdom this morning. Y'all want to plunder some riches today? We're going to plunder riches in church this morning. All right, let's do this thing. Eight secrets for King Solomon's treasure. Number one, be ready for this. Look at your seatbelt, all right? Number one, according to Solomon, wealth is good. Proverbs 14:24. wealth is a crown for the wise. The effort of fools yields only foolishness. What did King Solomon say about wealth? He said it's a crown for the wise. Come on, somebody say wealth is good. Okay, this is where a lot of Christians fall off the bus. You say wealth is good, in most churches they're ready to burn you at the stake and nail another 95 theses to the doors of the church. Why is this idea such an issue with Christians? I'll tell you why. Because there's three wrong mindsets. Number one, the first wrong mindset is this. Money is the root of all evil. Does the Bible say that? No, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. First Timothy 6.10. Listen, as long as you don't love it, get some more of it. You see, for Christians, money is just a tool. It's a tool we use to take care of our families, to help those in need, and spread the gospel. And that's the difference between us and the world, okay? We use money as a tool, but the world loves money. The world writes songs about money. Money, money, money. Come on. Money is more than a tool to the world. How do I know? Because they don't sing songs about tools. <laughs> I don't think the OJs wrote a song about hammers. The world serves money. We serve God. That makes all the difference, doesn't it? That means that our outlook on money is different than the world's. Money is one of many tools we use to influence the world for Jesus, but we don't love money and we don't serve money. Amen? Y'all still good? It's okay to have money as long as money doesn't have you. So the first wrong mindset is that money is bad. The second wrong mindset is rich people are evil. Rich people are evil. Some of y'all are you need to know that there are some super rich people in the Bible. Abraham, the father of our faith. Okay, Father Abraham. What does the Bible say about him? Genesis 32. Abraham doesn't say that he was rich. He says he was very rich. In livestock, in silver, and in gold. Okay, you can say in modern terms, Abraham was crazy rich. Crazy rich Abraham. Okay. This is how rich Abraham was. When neighboring kings would go to war, they would go to Abraham and ask for his help. Why? Because Abraham had bought himself a private army. That's crazy rich. <laughs> David, the warrior poet, the author of the Psalms, the leading worshiper in Israel. He's pretty well off. 1 Corinthians 29, 20, 1 Chronicles 29, 28. So he died in a good old age, full of days and riches and honor. In the New Testament, there was a man called Joseph of Arimathea. Joseph of Arimathea was a very important guy. Joseph, Joseph is the one who made sure that Jesus' body was laid in the garden tomb. And hallelujah, he did stay there. Amen. 
Matthew 27, 57, when the evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had become a disciple of Jesus. Who else was rich in the Bible? I think about Lydia, the matriarch of the Philippian church. Lydia was extremely wealthy and very influential in the Roman Empire, and she used her wealth and she used her influence to spread the gospel and help the New Testament church. The Bible doesn't condemn having money. The Bible doesn't condemn having nice things. Jesus had nice things. Did y'all know that? Why else would the Roman soldiers gamble to get his robe at the foot of the cross? Because Jesus was dead. It's not wrong to have money. At the same time, there's nothing spiritual about being poor. In fact, the Bible calls poverty a curse. Having less money doesn't somehow make you more spiritual, okay? If your car is held together by Christian bumper stickers, child of God, you need to increase your faith and grow in wisdom, amen? Eternal life has nothing to do with the amount of money you have, but I found that it's a lot easier to get things done when you've got resources, right? Three wrong beliefs. Money is bad, rich people are evil, and this is the third one, I don't deserve wealth. A lot of people struggle with this, but let me ask you a question. Who do you think God would rather have wealth? Sinners or saints? Do you think He would rather bless people with resources who are going to spend money on hookers and keggers? Or supporting the preaching of the gospel around the world? Think about that. God didn't create diamonds for his enemies, baby. Psalm 13.22 says this, The wealth of the wicked is reserved for the righteous. But why aren't the righteous getting it? Because Jesus said the people of this world are more true to do business than the people of life. You need to know God wants to bless you and give you resources, not so you can use it all for yourself, but to advance his kingdom. Hello? To do good in the world. We just read Psalm 35, 27. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God loves blessing his people. Third John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. All right, number one, wealth is good. Number two, greed is bad. Tell somebody greed is bad. A woman decided to have her portrait painted, and she told the artist, paint me with diamond rings and a diamond necklace and emerald bracelets and a ruby brooch and a solid gold Rolex. And he said, but ma'am, you don't have any of those things. She said, yeah, but in case I die before my husband, I know he's going to remarry right away, and I want to drive the new wife crazy trying to find all that jewelry. <laughs> Greed is... Bad. Proverbs one seventeen says this: If a bird sees a trap being set, it knows to stay away. But these people set an ambush for themselves. They are trying to get themselves killed. Who are these people? Verse nineteen: Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money and robs them of life. This is a pretty strong warning from a guy who knows a thing or two about money, isn't it? Solomon is saying greed will rob you of your life. Proverbs 28, 20, the trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. Don't 
fall for the get-rich-quick schemes. If it really works, they wouldn't be telling you about it. <laughs> Proverbs 28, 25. Greed causes fighting. Trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. I think we've all seen families who were torn apart by fighting over an inheritance. Look, there is no amount of money, no amount of material things worth losing family and friends over. Okay? I'm not going to fight you over stuff. You can have it. Why? Because my daddy's got a bigger checkbook than your daddy. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the gold in the hills. Hallelujah. Why would I fight you over petty things when my God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory? It's impossible to be greedy when you put God first in your life because greed makes no sense when you're in God's hands. Because your hands are the hands of the one who is the all-sufficient God. Hello. He delights in the prosperity of his servant. Not only will greed lead to trouble and fighting and poverty, greed can cost you your walk with God. Listen to this warning by the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 6.10. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness and godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness, fight, the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and confess the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Paul's warning Timothy that people are abandoning their faith because of greed. Why do you think I've been doing such a long series on money? Not because I want to, but because when it's done right, it's a blessing, but when it's done wrong, it will destroy your life. I've never seen a dollar bill worth going to hell for it. Hello. So what are you willing to walk away from in order to follow Jesus? I think about Moses. Hebrews 11, 24 says, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of in Egypt. Listen, we talked about wealth, and wealth is a good thing, but wealth is not everything. And if your love of money is keeping you from walking with Jesus, if money is keeping you from your divine purpose and calling, it's time to reevaluate some stuff. Moses understood that God's reward was far greater than the riches of Egypt, and he walked away from wealth so God could use him to set people free. Number one, wealth is good. Number two, greed is bad. Number three, wisdom is better than money. Wisdom is better than money. During the French Revolution, three men were sentenced to death on the same day, and the first man was a lawyer, and he got up there, and he told the executioner, he said, look, I'm not afraid of death. I want to lay on the guillotine facing up. I'm going to face death. The executioner said, I'm impressed by your bravery. You can lay down face up. He laid down face up and he, and he pulled the handle and nothing happened. The executioner said, Faith is intervening. You're free to go. Second man comes up and he's a doctor. He didn't want to be shown up by the lawyer. He said, You know what? I'm not afraid of death either. I'm going to lay down face up. So he lays down, pulls the handle, nothing happened. 
The third man was an engineer, and he said, you know what? I'm just as brave as these first two men. I'm going to lay facing up. So he lays down facing up, and just about the time he goes to pull the hill, he said, wait a minute, I think I see your problem there. Oh, knowledge is information, but wisdom is all what to do with that information. Come on, doesn't matter. Wisdom is better than money. <laughs> wisdom is better than money. You give a poor man $1.9 billion, and he'll eventually be poor again. A wealthy man can lose everything he has, and eventually he will be wealthy again. Why? It's not about money. It's about the wisdom that you have attained. <laughs> wisdom is better than money. Here's the great news for you and me. James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Listen, the same God who gave King Solomon his wisdom will give wisdom to you and me if we ask him. If you need wisdom, Pray for wisdom, and God will give it to you, and He will not hold back. Number one, wealth is good. Two, greed is bad. Three, wisdom is better than money. And four, clean is better than dirty. How many of you would agree that clean is better than dirty? Dishes, silverware, underwear, you name it, clean is better than dirty. Proverbs 21.6 says this, wealth Created by a lying tongue is a vanishing mist and a deadly trap. Shady money comes easy and it leaves easy. Proverbs 13, 11, Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. The temptation is always there to make some easy money, but it's better to save and work hard and be blessed than to live under a curse because you're doing wrong. Proverbs 16, a better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. In other words, it's better to have a little money and be right with God than a lot of money with a soul in trouble. Wealth is good, greed is bad, wisdom is better than money, clean is better than dirty. Number five, work what you got. Somebody say, work what you got. Proverbs 12, 11, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no Sense. They ain't got no sense. But notice the wording here in that verse. Those who work their land, not someone else's land, not a future piece of land that they hope to have one day. Those who work their land. In other words, your land that you have right now. Tell somebody, use what you got. I, I want you to get a hold of this, okay? Take what you currently Work that thing. Take what you got right now and work it. Okay? Sometimes you might not like your job where you are right now, but you take that job you hate and you live it and you work it. Because sometimes the path to something different is being faithful where you are right now. Amen. Listen, I'm about to point my microphone at you. And when I do, I want you to say your job or occupation out loud. Are y'all ready for this? Not what you want to be. Oh, we did your research. No, what are you doing? McDonald's worker. What are you doing right now? Whatever it is, great or small, when I put it, I say it out loud. You ready? All right, one, two, three, here we go. 
Do it again. Wait, let's, let's practice one more time. All right, one, two, three. All right, yeah. All right, y'all got to help me. We'll fill the blank one more time. You ought to be the very best in the world. Think about that. Work your land that you've got right now. You ought to be the very best of that in the world. You ought to be the very best. I'll play it a five-year-old with me. The rest of y'all need to catch up. Maybe another chance next week. I don't know. We'll see. Wherever you are, you need to work it, work it, work it. Work your land. Maximize what God has given you right now, and He'll bless you with more. Show up early. Stay late. Become an expert on what you do. Read the history of your industry. Read the history of your company. Go study. Take classes. Read books. If you're not there yet, watch YouTube. Do something. But grow where you are right now. I think about it. You know, when I was younger, I, I thought I was something. I tell you what, I, I graduated with a double major, had two college degrees from Carolina, and I found myself working part time for minimum wage. <laughs> two jobs. Then I finally got a job at a bank. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I want a bank president, baby. I was a teller. I hated it. That is not what I wanted. But I knew that God opened the door. I mean, you know, God opens doors, but it ain't always the door you want Him to open. God opened the door, and so you know what I did? I worked my land. Not practice stuff, not what I wanted to do. Get the flu every five dollar bills I count because money is next. I worked my job. Within my first week, I memorized the name of every single business customer we had in the branch. And within six months, I was working in the commercial banking department. I would not have gotten there if I'd held a grudge against this little low-paying job God had given me. You know what, Lord? I'm going to take it. Hallelujah. This is my land. It might not be a lot. It might not be what I wanted. It might not be these double front side breeze This is for everybody who missed the bus last time. All right. Be the very best you can possibly be. All right. Y'all help me preach that point so you all remember it. All right. You good? Everybody good? All right. If you're taking notes, that's point number five. If you're taking medicine, it is 1159. All right. We're about to be out of here. Listen, be the very best at what you what you are right now. Work the you have and God will give you more. We'll move on to my next point. Number six, plan your next move. Not only do you work hard where you are, but you got to plan for where you're going. Be faithful where you are, but plan for the future. Success takes planning in time, so be smart about it. Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. What are you doing right now to prepare for a better future? 
Now, I don't expect you to get a degree, learn a new trade, and build a business network by Tuesday. But take one small step every day toward your dreams, because dreams are worthless without action. Proverbs 14, 23 says this, Work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. Don't just talk about it, be about it. Tell somebody, be about it. Find people who are successful and learn from them. Proverbs 15, 22, Plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And let me tell you something, advice is only as good as the advisor. If you're getting life advice from your best friend and he's hiding his car behind your house to hide it from the repo man, you need to find another advisor. You need to find wise and successful people and learn from them. Number seven, be generous along the way. Proverbs 3.27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Show kindness to other people Every step of the way. Okay, be generous where you are. Wherever you are. Now, I know that, well, we know that that's not true. We know that even in the poverty of the United States, we're in the top 2% of rich people in the world. God has blessed us. Whatever you have, the resources that you have, great or small, be generous and help people wherever you are. Amen? Proverbs 11.25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. If you need to be refreshed and encouraged right now, do that for somebody else. Because God will make happen for you what you make happen for others. My last point this morning, number eight. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. Proverbs 16.20, whoever gives thought to the word will discover good. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Tell somebody, I am blessed. Listen to me, brothers and sisters in Christ. God's got this. God's not fretting about the stock market, and he is not biting his nails over the interest rates. God is not up in heaven laying off angels because of a bad economy. He is still El Shaddai. Almighty God, the all-sufficient one. He is still Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. He is still Jehovah Shalom, the Prince of Peace. He's still Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. He's still Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our victory. God has got you in his hands. Listen to what Solomon's father, King David, said. The young lions lack and suffer, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come on, say it out loud. I will not lack any good thing. Come on, say it again. I will not lack any good thing. Some of you need to stop looking at the news and stop looking at Facebook and social media. And you need to look at the Word of God and say, you know what? I'm going to take my cues from what God saith the Lord. I will not lack any good thing. I don't care what the economy does. I don't care what D.C. does. I don't care what Raleigh does. I trust in God and I will not lack. Hallelujah. You don't need to worry and you don't need to be afraid because the God 
who hung the stars in the sky holds your life in his hands. David said, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. When you put your life, your will, your priorities in the hands of God, He will take care of you. And my God shall supply all your needs. Not according to the world's economy, but according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, riches that never fade. Do you believe that this morning? Are you thankful for that this morning? God is faithful to this promise. Here's my closing thought. Praise you, y'all can go ahead and come. This is my closing thought to you this morning. Your money is temporary, but your soul is eternal. Jesus said in Mark 8, 36, What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Proverbs 11, 4 says this, Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Listen, we will all stand before God one day. And that's one judge you can't bribe. No matter how much money you accumulated in this life, riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. And not just any righteousness. The Bible says there's none righteous. That means none of us are qualified on our own to be accepted by God. In fact, the Bible says that our own righteousness to a holy God is like filthy rags. But here's the good news this morning. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus came and took the sins of the world upon himself. The sinless Son of God took our debt upon him and gave us His righteousness. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to God but through me. You have an opportunity this morning to make Jesus your hope and your way. Let this be your day of destiny. Let today be your day, your moment of life. Listen, Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sins and to give you eternal life. And the wonderful thing about salvation is that it is the gift of God. We don't earn it. We don't buy it. God offers it as a free gift to us. We receive it by faith. God will take you where you are, the way you are. You come to Him the way you are. You put your life in His hands and watch God transform you from the inside out. Do you close your eyes as we pray for just a moment? If you haven't put your faith in Jesus, don't wait another moment. What are you waiting for? He is the life. You haven't lived till you walk with Jesus. Put your faith in Him this morning. Listen, none of us were deserving None of us were worthy, but that is the greatness of the love and the mercy of God. As He has open arms ready for any who would willing to come and accept Him as Savior and Lord. 
Would you put your faith in Him this morning? I want to lead you in a simple prayer just to help you start your journey of faith, just to help you proclaim out loud that you're accepting Jesus. Will you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Save me. Set me free. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. And with your help, I will live for you the rest of my life. Jesus, you are Lord. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Will you come and celebrate as Pastor Yari leads us in prayer this morning?